Glory to God. We're going to speak, I'm going to be speaking this morning on the mercy of God. The mercy of God. And um, it's a quite a great privilege to share this. Now, there is a project that God laid on my heart a number of years ago. And I'm still busy with it. And the title is 53 Topics Every Believer Needs to Learn to Live By. You know, and, I, and um, many years ago I wrote down, I, I contacted some of my friends and said, what do you think are the most important things that every believer needs to know and live by? And I gathered data, you know, as an academic would do. And by the leading of the Holy Spirit, I wrote down some number 52. Of course, it's increased since then, but I'm going to call it down to 53 because, you know, 52 weeks in a year, and the leap year like this one is 53, isn't it? So maybe two or three years' time, when the project is finished, you will find a copy that you can use for your family. So that every week, you run through a topic. This is one of them. This is one of them. This year, God reminded me again on this topic, and I want to share it with you. Mercy triumph over judgment. So that's why I love the song that was sung. All the songs this morning just blessed my heart. I was sitting with my wife and standing. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my neck on her shoulder and say, isn't that true? Isn't that true? Because we are living through a dimension in our life right now that it's been just the mercy of God that have made us to experience help that we need. And um, one of the things that we do not do is we don't establish truth in our spirit so that it can become an anchor for us when the billows and the wind blow. And so as we go in 2024 and beyond, one of the things you need to remind yourself about is the personality of God in the display of his mercy. The dimension of his mercy many times goes beyond the thinking of humanity. And I'll be sharing a few things like that um, with us this morning as we go into these messages today. Because life brings diverse challenges. Life brings to us different things. As long as we're on this side of heaven, different issues will come. Some challenges come as a result of our stupidity, actually. Some because of our stubbornness. Some because our outright disobedience to God's word. But when it comes, we are faced with the challenge of dealing with it. Alright? And whether it's due to our disobedience or whether it's due to error or just life, how do you deal with it? That's the question. Sometimes when we are the reason for the troubles, we struggle to know how to deal with it. Because we tell ourselves, well, we caused it, so we should suffer for it. I wish we would know who God is. I want to show you this morning who the person you say you've come to serve is. In all circumstances. And what I'm trusting the Lord for is that what we're going to be sharing this morning will not just be for this Sunday morning. But it will be for you 365 days of every of the single years that you will still live on this earth. Because you would need to be reminded of the truth. Miseries, miseries come. But the bottom line is, when life happens, God remains faithful. Praise God. When life happens, God remains faithful. And, and, and that's on a daily basis. 
when issues happen, God remains faithful. It, there's nothing you can do that will make him unfaithful. But you see, when you are not secured in that truth, then the ground under you will move when the tr troubles come. But there has to be an anchor upon, uh, uh, I mean, on, upon which you stand that will hold you firm in the midst of the wind and the blows of life. You know, I was telling somebody, I was, actually I was on my weekly broadcast the other day and I was saying that my next birthday is going to be 60. And I asked myself, where has time gone? And then the word came to me, there is glory in every year. There is glory in every season. There is beauty in every season. So we are here in this room this morning from whatever age to whatever age, mercy that God gives avails for us. But the problem is we don't always remember. Look at John 8.32. John 8.32 says in the new NLT version, it says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So when we know the truth, we are free from fear, we are free from anxiety, we are free from depression. One of the things why people are depressed is because a sense of hopelessness steps in. That's when depression comes. Now, the problem is not the problem we face. The problem is the attitude to the situations we face. In those situations, there are problematic circumstances. But what is your disposition when you are going through it? That's the issue. Are you with me? So when we say, the Bible says that you will know the truth and the truth will make you feel. What truth do you know? Are you with me? What truth do you know regarding what you're going through or what you will go through? That's what you to sustain you in the times of the storm. Now the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 15 verse 16, Jeremiah 15, 16. I will read two translations here. The Bible says in, in um, King, New King James, says it this way. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words were to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Your words were found. So John 8, 32 says you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Jeremiah says your words were found, and I ate them. The knowledge of the truth comes when you eat the word of God. In fact, NLT puts it this way. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. <laughs> I devoured them. I ate them and ate them and ate every bit of your word. And then they brought rejoicing to my soul. You see, that means when there is sorrow, it's because you have not found the truth about that situation. So now, what could we be going through in life? It could be marital issue, it could be academic issue, it could be business issue, it could be health issues. Those are issues, right? But what, does the, what, what is the truth of God's word about that issue that I have found, that I have devoured from the Bible that will result in joy to my soul? Do you get the point? So the antidote for every troubled world, every depression, every you know, anxiety in life, the antidote to that is finding the truth in God's word. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Listen, it is not about, uh, it, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, now that's not in my note, but Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulations. 
Who said that? Jesus. Who can say anything better? Jesus knows it all. So he says, in this world, so when somebody goes through tribulation on this earth and is crying, why me? Why not you? If you don't want to go through it, then go to heaven quickly. So I want to, I want to help you this morning to know that troubles come, but when it comes, you have an anchor that holds. You do have. And that's in the mercy of God. And so when we settle that at the back of our mind, then we can be able to withstand challenges, overcome troubles, pass through. He said, though I pass through the storms, through the valley of the shadow of death, what will I do? I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So though I pass through. So many of us sit in. We don't pass through. Help us say after me, I will pass through. Say it again. Say one more time. By the time I preach for five minutes, you will know that you have to preach with me now. Say, I will pass through. Hallelujah. It's a commitment for life. We go through. We don't stay in. We keep moving. It doesn't matter what it is. That's what life is. So when the Bible says we are more than conquerors, it's because we keep fighting and keep winning. But when somebody decides to give up in the middle of battles, that's when they fail. You can't be said to have failed when the battle is still going on. No, you haven't lost. We're still fighting. Hallelujah. Do you get the point I'm trying to make this morning? So all of those issues of life, all of those circumstances of life, to go through them, if we have one thing that is an instrument that we need to keep, it's the platform of the mercy of God. Mercy makes a whole lot of a difference when we deal with life issues. Now look at this. Lamentations 3, 22 to 24. Lamentations 3, 22 to 24. Now let's start from the NLT. It says, the faithful love don't you love the song we sang this morning already? I mean, they just changed me. They said, I, I just believe God is going to do mighty things I can imagine. More than I can imagine. Verse 22 says in Lamentation chapter 3, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Now look at the scripture here. It says the message of, you know, it was, it's, it's in this, when we came to Canada, you know, I, I learned about refill. I mean, many of, we all know what refill is. You know, when you go to the physician's office and then they give a prescri prescriptions and then they will say two refills, right? So you go to the, to the pharmacist's office and um, many, you know, we go to your office and then they will say, okay, it has two refills. What that means is don't, you don't need to go back to the physician to ask for extra. You are covered. Refills. Then you, first refill you go and take. They'll, they'll put it. Remaining one refill. Second refill. God will help you. There's not going to be a repetition after that. Two refills is enough. You, know. you don't have to go back to the physician. By then it should have been gone in Jesus' name. But the point I'm trying to make is that the Bible says there is refill for us every day. Let's refill every day unending. Look at that scripture. His mercies never cease. 
great is his faithfulness, his mercies begin afresh each morning. I'd like you to get this concept. You see, sometimes you go to bed and you are sorrowful and down. Everything doesn't look good. Something should make you to wake up the next morning because you know there's a reveal tomorrow morning. Glory to God. The reveal of God's mercy and they're new every morning. Not because I'm a good guy. Not because I'm excellent. Not because I'm perfect. But because of him. Look at that scripture. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercy never ceases. Great is his faithfulness. He didn't say great am I because I'm a believer. Or I read the Bible. Or I pray in tongues. No. His faithfulness. And you are not likely to be able to change God in his personality. The Bible says though we are evil or we are bad, he remains faithful still. Glory to God. He remains faithful still. So I'm talking about the personality of God that nobody can change. Everybody say mercy. Say it again, please. One more time, please. God is a God of mercy. And he shows his mercy based on his faithfulness. That's why it's unending. Hallelujah. Now, you know, now when we now, you know, Jeremiah said, your words were found. I ate them. I devoured them. And they became the rejoicing of my soul. When you find that word and you eat it, stay on that truth. God is faithful. God is merciful. Sink. Let it sink in your spirit, man. Let it, oh, God is merciful. God is merciful. And maybe you did something five years ago and the consequences are showing in your face right now. But you tell yourself, God is merciful. God is merciful. God is merciful. And the trouble is brewing in your face and you caused it. What do you say? God is merciful. God is merciful. That's the anchor. That's the antidote to depression. That's the antidote to despair. Who is God? Merciful God. And that mercy is new every morning. So you see, now, when I read this scripture in the Amplified Classic, I don't think I have it in my notes, but the Amplified Classic, I'll just read it to you very quickly. From verse 19. You see, verse 22 to 24 was what we read, right? Talking about Christ's faithfulness. But let me go back to verse 19 to 22. And listen closely in the Amplified Classic. It said, Oh Lord, remember earnestly my affliction and my misery and wanderings and my outcast state, the wormwood and the girl. My soul has been continually in remembrance and is bowed down within me. His soul has been bowed down within him. But this I call, this I recall, and therefore have I hope and expectation. It is because of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed. That's now verse 22 now. What made him to remember in verse 22? He says, this I recall. This I recall. I bring this back to my mind. That the God I serve is a God of mercy. And because of his mercy, I won't be consumed. You must remember this. Tomorrow. Remember it's in six months time. That's exactly what happened to Jeremiah in the book of Lamentation. 
He got to a point where he was wondering, what's all this about? I'm, I'm down. I'm going out. This I recall. It's of his message, I'm not consumed. Then verse 24, 24 says, therefore, I have hope. So combine those scriptures together. Therefore, I have That's a basis of hope. The basis of hope is the remembrance of the truth you have known. How do you know the truth? You devour the word. Stay on that word. Stay on that scripture. Your mercy is new every morning. Read it again tomorrow morning. I've been reading this since, since January, since we began this year. Lord, I just trust in your mercy. Lord, I just trust in your grace. The kind of things I have already done, the kind of troubles I have already done this year, even myself, I didn't know I would do that already. But then I wake up when I thought I wouldn't be able to wake up. I, I, I'm awake. My goodness, praise God. <laughs> He's merciful. I want to tell you this today and listen to this as if God is speaking to you. You cannot outgive God, neither can you be holier than God. Many times when we talk about the mercy of God, we think we are trying to cheapen the holiness of God. But you see, many times when we do that, we don't realize that when we see the magnanimity of God in His mercy, it actually gets us more endeared to him. So you may be here this morning where you've lived a life that is actually bad. And you think, that's just who you are. No. Mercy avails. Or you're going through a situation where you actually was the reason for the problem. And you thought, that's my fate. I caused it. No. Mercy avails. So I'm going to invite you when it's time for prayer to present every issue that is confronting your life that you don't know how to solve to the feet of his mercy. Now, you may think that was Old Testament. In fact, look at, look at, look at, look at what Psalm 30 verse 5 says. Psalm 30 verse 5 said this in the, in the King James Version. It says, his anger endures but for a moment. In his favor is life. His anger endures for a moment. In his favor is life. God could have been angry with you for years. For a moment. But there is favor with him. When you get that favor, life comes. He now says, weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. If there's any issue you've been weeping about, you're in the night season. But we're going to command the morning today. Because in the morning, joy comes. So contemporary English version of this scripture says, your anger lasts a little while, but, my kind, but your kindness you know, lasts for a lifetime. At night, we may cry. But when the morning comes, we will celebrate. Why does that happen? It's because mercies are new every morning. So you are crying in the night. It looks hopeless. It looks you know, discouraging. But when you know that there is mercy in the morning in a new way, joy comes in the morning. Glory to God. And only the people that know this put it to heart, rehearse it to themselves, and recall that word will be able to enjoy it. So my mission this morning is simply to sink into your spirit, man, and mind that God is merciful. And that you can't change God with your mess up, whatever you did before. He will remain merciful. So his altar is always open. To take you back to himself. Do you get the point? 
It's always, it's always open to receive. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. I want to draw your attention here. Now, you know, we may think, oh, that's Old Testament. But you see, that's why Jesus came. Hebrews 4, verse 14 to 16. The NLT says, so then, the word so then means in the light of the fact that, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly what we believe. So what we believe about the mercy of God is not just because we read it in the Old Testament, but because Jesus came to crown it up. Look at how he did it. This high priest of ours understand our weakness for he faced all the same things we do, yet he didn't sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace, throne of our gracious God, NLT puts it. There we will receive his mercy. Where are we going to receive it? The throne of his gracious grace. There we'll receive mercy. We'll find grace to help when we need it most. So the high priest of our profession, what he did was to go to the mercy seat of God. To the throne of grace to obtain for us mercy. So that when we approach to him, we find grace to help. Now listen. In the Old Testament... The instruction God gave to Moses was that he should put the ark. In the Old Testament, he would put the ark. Inside the ark is the law and the rod. Are you with me? On top of the ark is the mercy seat. Mercy sits on top of judgment. The law brings judgment. But mercy triumphs over judgment. So even if you are qualified for judgment, you are qualified for trouble, you are qualified for Whatever it is, you can come to the Lord and say, Lord, just have mercy on me. I come through the blood. I come through the blood. You know, last night, you know, uh, I drove into the t- to, to town and um, at some point, you know, you know, my wife and I, she saw that I was closing my eyes. Most, but she said, go and sleep. Go and sleep. At least sleep for an hour, then we can talk. And that was about seven or eight or something. The next time I opened my eyes, it was about say, a few minutes to 12. You know, which I would love to anyway. So I had some time to, you know, ask the Lord again and think and pray and all those kind of things. But then I came across one of my friends who was speaking in one of my friends' church. Somebody was speaking there and he gave a testimony that happened to him. He came to the U.S. to preach uh, not too long ago and um, he's a big minister and uh, only one person came for the crusade. So the pastor of the church was embarrassed. I'm sorry, I, I announced it, but everybody has gone to work and all that. So I said, that's fine. I'm here on an assignment. I'll preach. So one person sat with the host pastor. And after he preached all of his heart, after he preached, he said, okay, now let's, are we going to continue this five-day crusade or just stop? And then he said, I'm here to preach, so what else am I going to be doing? He said, well, let us ask the ladies from Cameroon, Yaounde, in, in Cameroon, in Africa. So said, let us ask Josephine if she will come tomorrow. Josephine said, I said are you coming tomorrow? She said, I don't know. She said she wasn't sure. So the man of God said, me too. Since we are not sure, I will be here. So we can't close the meeting. Isn't it? So the next day, Josephine showed up. Only Josephine again. And then one other pastor who heard that the, the crusade was not successful. So they were trying to miss, to, 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 to miss with them. So the man preached again. And after the service was over, let's find out, should we continue tomorrow? So let's ask Josephine again. Are you coming tomorrow? 
If you will come tomorrow, we will do the crusade. And then Josephine said she will come. Then, okay, what, what happened that you told us yesterday that you don't know if you will come today? And she began her story. Josephine didn't have papers in the U.S. to stay. Immigration lawyers, I mean, police have arrested her. And the court judgment was that day. So that means the day before, the reason why she was not too sure she would come the next day was because if the judgment says she was an illegal immigrant, they, from the court, they would take her to the airport. She wouldn't even take her scarf. So she wasn't too sure if she would still be in the U.S. the next day. And she told the man of God, said, that's why I came yesterday to cry for mercy. So now, okay, now what happened in the court today? Ah, in the court today, the judge who was supposed to give the judgment just asked a question and said, Josephine, do you have anything to say? And then the lawyer said, why are you asking her? This is judgment day. Everybody has said what they want to say, so just give your judgment. The judge said, better keep quiet. You have said your own. This is my day. I am the judge. Josephine, tell us. Do you have something to say? Josephine said, I don't have papers to stay in the United States. But I have an agent mother in Yaoundé, Cameroon. It is with this no paper stay that I get money to feed her. If I go home now and she sees me, she will die. Because I have no more sustenance. So please, show me mercy. That was exactly what happened in the law court. And the judge, who was experienced in immigration, said to, to um, the lawyer of the lady, and said, there's a section so-and-so somewhere in the, in, the, in, the, in the law that has a window to take care of this one. You go there and fix what it says. When you are done, come back. I will reopen this case. For now, I adjourn the case. The lawyer was, the government lawyer was saying, just give the judgment. But mercy cry triumphed over judgment. It was judgment that Josephine was supposed to go and take. But when she pleaded for mercy, she had a stay in the United States. You may be guilty. Mercy will deliver you today. You may be the reason for your problem. Mercy will make a change today. I present you the God of all justice and judgment. You see, the question is, how will he do it? He is the God of justice and of judgment. And he knows how to do it. But when we walk in understanding of his personality, nothing is ever difficult for him to do. Praise God. I may not have time to go through all that I have, you know, marked this. My wife warned me when I was coming up. She said, speak slowly, intentionally. I said, I'll do that. So I have been trying. I hope, I hope you've been hearing what I'm saying. I've been trying to speak quite slowly. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, because normally I would have come boom, 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 and then finish my note. But I said, I'm going to speak slowly, but with intentionality. Peter said something in 1 Peter 2, verse 9 to 10. Listen to this. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. You should show forth the praise of him who had called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now a people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. There's a difference because you're born again, because you've responded to God, you've obtained mercy. The mercy you've obtained makes a lot of a difference. Ephesians put it this way in verse 4 and 5, chapter 2. Say, but God, who is rich in mercy. God is what? Rich in mercy. 
is rich in mercy because of his great love which he had loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace are you saved. God is rich in mercy. And so I want you to understand that through this morning, God is going to hack into your cry of mercy. And let me begin to run in the next five minutes into some of the things I have in my note without referring to them. There's a man called Blanc Bartimius. You know the story. In Luke chapter 10. Blanc Bartimius was a man who was so blind that he couldn't, Mark chapter 10, he couldn't trace what was around him. I'm going to go back to some of the things I jumped on, but I wanted to hear this story very quickly. Mark, you know the story of Blanc Bartimius? Blanc Bartimius was, he just heard that Jesus was passing by. The moment he heard Jesus was passing by, he began to cry, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Do you know what happened? Everybody kept telling him, keep quiet. Keep quiet. And the Bible says, the more they told him to keep quiet, the more he cried, the more. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says, and Jesus stood still. So stand still means you kept going, you kept going, you kept going. You had something, you stood. When you cry for mercy, Jesus will stand still. Jesus! That was exactly what Josephine did. If you don't have mercy on me today, I'm gone. And my mother will be dead at home. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You remember the story of Hannah? Hannah was a woman that was under a lot of torment because of the rivalry in the home. And she came to Shiloh in 1 Samuel chapter 1 from verse 9 to 11 and 15 to 20. She came to Shiloh <coughs> and um, she was praying. She was praying. Nobody could hear what she was saying. But she was talking to God. To the extent that even the priest thought she was drunk. Because they didn't hear what she was saying. And the priest couldn't hold you anymore. She said, Look, drunk woman, what's wrong? Are you drunk? She said, no, I am not drunk. I am a woman of a sorrowful heart. I'm only pouring my heart onto the Lord. I mean, she was abused. Like, drunk, get out of this place. Like they told Blam Bathemius, keep quiet there. But it didn't stop. And, and Hannah, Hannah kept praying. And the Bible says that as she prayed, the Eli said, okay, now the Lord will bring answers to your heart cry. And the moment Eli said that, the Bible says her countenance was no, more, was no more sad. She went home. They went to eat. Next year she came with a baby boy. Glory to God. If you will cry for mercy for a particular need in your marriage, this time next year you will come to testify. In fact, I prophesy that between now and next Sunday, there will be a great crash. There will be a lot of great crash for the testimony night in this place next week. You know, the people that are supposed to give testimony have been listed. Some people will get crashed next week. Why? Because in the next seven days, you will encounter the miracle of God and you won't be able to keep it. If you believe it, say amen. I believe God that you will crash the gate next Sunday morning and they will add you to the list of testimonies because God will surprise you this week. It may be just for one person, but it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. So three things I want to leave with you are four. Number one, when you cry for mercy, don't be ashamed at all. Don't be ashamed at all, whether in public or in private. When we are going to pray this morning, everybody is on their own. You don't mind who is looking at you. If you do, it's up to you. Number two, 
don't be offended by remarks. The people that kept told, told uh, Bamba Timu to keep quiet, he just kept shouting what he wants. Even when Eli told them, um, what's his name? Eli told Hannah, you are drunk. He said, no, I'm not drunk. She just explained. She was not angry. Even when Jesus told that woman that came to ask for crumbs, he said, the food that I'm bringing is from, not for dogs, meaning that she was a dog. He said, yeah, even dog eat crumbs. Just give me. I don't mind if you call me dog. Don't be bothered about what men say. Don't be offended. Don't be offended when you have issues in your life and somebody has, has mimicked you or has you know, spoken some things against you. Don't be offended. Number three, don't stop crying. Blind Bartimaeus. Stop crying. The more they stopped him, the louder the noise. The more they stopped him, the louder the noise. Don't stop until Jesus stops. The Lord was walking. The Lord was going on his own mission. The Bible says that, and suddenly Jesus stood still until he hears your cry. Don't stop crying for mercy. Until the manifestation has come, don't stop crying for mercy. Number four, you must approach the altar with faith. When Eli told um, the lady and said that, uh, um, oh no, God will answer your cry, go ahead and be well. She just went and her countenance was no more sad. I mean, it's going to take nine months before the baby will come. Isn't it so? But from that day one, she was no more sad. That's faith. So when you come to the altar this morning and you cry unto the Lord, believe God. Believe God. Believe God. Believe God. When you cry to God for mercy, you receive open check. You know what happened to Bon Bartimaeus? When he cried for mercy and Jesus stood still, you know what happened? Jesus said, go and call him. He came. What did Christ say? What do you want? What do you want? He could have said anything and everything. It's an open check. The cry for mercy gives you access. So this morning, I want to invite you to obtain mercy. I want to bring you to the altar of grace. Don't leave any stone unturned. Is there a sickness you want God to deal with? Mercy will deal with it this morning. Is there a family problem? You want God to deal with it? Mercy will speak, deal with it this morning. Is there a sin problem? A besetting sin? You're struggling to come out of the sin. Mercy will help you this morning. If there is there a sense of regret, a sense of condemnation, that you know that this I did or I am doing and I don't seem to be no good before God, God says, I'm wide open with my arms. The prodigal son went away and squandered everything. But when he came back, what did he meet? The hands that are wide open of his loving father. Hallelujah. I can preach on because I have another two hours in front of my iPad. I want, all the, I want the, music, the music minister to come back to the altar. And whatever happens from now is not in my hands. Praise God. Would you talk to God this morning? Would you invite him to come help you? Would you ask him to undertake for you? Would you ask God because of the plenteousness he is in mercy? Would you come just as you are? Say, Jesus, if you would change my situation today, I would testify. I would testify. You know, some of the songs that were sung this morning was powerful. I'm not afraid. My God will make a way. I'm not afraid. So I am not afraid. My God will make a way. 
One of the other ones I have from there. So it says, that's not a place that your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, glory to God. When I had that this morning, it said, there's no place where your mercy and grace won't find me. There's no place where the mercy and the grace of God will not find you. So this altar is open this morning as we pray. If you would like me to pray with you, I'll advise, I mean, I'll, I'll be willing to do that. But if you can just come and sort out your case before God, he is here. He's here to heal sicknesses. He's here to heal marriages. He's here to restore hearts together. He's here to rekindle zeal to serve the master again. He's here. He's here to undertake in where no man can understand what you are trying to say. His ears are open. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand on your feet, please? And um, let's just start talking to the Lord. We're going to commit our future, our life, our being, our person, our situation to the hands of the Lord. We're going to believe God. We're going to believe God. As that song keeps going, whichever one they're going to pick, I want to invite you to, to let's pray together. Let's talk to the Lord. The altar is open for you to come and pray. I can join my faith with yours. You can just sort it out yourself. If you're not born again this morning, this is the time to return to Jesus. You want to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. It makes a whole lot of a difference. If you're living a life of a person born into Christian religion, fantastic. But if you have a personal encounter with Jesus where you got born again, much more important. So I'd like to particularly pray for those categories of people when you come to the altar. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.